We Turned Out Okay is a show about children and families. You get to see into the mind of a child development expert, and you'll learn tons about kids and why they do what they do. It's for grown-ups, so it's not always G-rated. But it's almost always PG. And we'll let you know when it's PG-13 or higher. Also, you can expect some rabbit holes and detours. But we return to the topic at hand. Besides, rabbits are awesome. What have you got against rabbits? Anyway, sit back, relax, and prepare to learn about how to stay sane while raising your little kids. Enjoy the show! Come on, guys! We turned out okay. The modern parent's guide to old school parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hello, and welcome to We Turned Out Okay. This is the show where we are always working to help you change your child's behavior from bad to good, feel happy inside, and truly enjoy the time that you spend with your family. And this is episode 306 of the show. I am Karen Locke Culp. I am a child development expert, the host of this show, and someone with a combined 15 years experience working with young children and working with parents to, uh, you know, make make lives better, <laughs> to to give you some happy home time, happy family time. And um, I am just super glad that you are here today. I'm really excited. This is a special one. I, I rarely do episodes like this. Basically, what's going to happen in this one is you get to hear some of the questions that I uh, get in the ninja parenting community and, um, and what I what I say about them, <laughs> you know, what I what I share in there. Um, and these are fair, some really, really specific questions on specific things. But they are issues that you might have, for example, you might have a problem with tantrums in your home. And this, uh, I hope will give you kind of a, a viewpoint on, on how to deal with that and a bunch of other stuff too. So I uh, have a couple announcements to make first. First of all, this week is Thanksgiving week. And so the Magic Words for Parents, which is the super quick three to five minute Facebook Live that I do most Mondays in our We Turned Out Okay Facebook group, that is off this week. But there are like, I don't know, like 70 something back ones now because I've been doing these for like a year and a half <laughs> or more. So um, you can go to facebook.com slash we turned out okay to join that group. Or you can just click this link, the link in the show notes and you can go right to the group's page and uh, I will let you in there. Um, so that's what's up with the magic words for parents. I, uh, I have a special, a very silly parenting news this week. I wanted to, each week I try to give you some, some insight into parenting. Uh, some, you know, I, I try to use the parenting news segment of our show to let you, um, I don't know, give you some new understanding of the world that we live in and how it relates to raising children. But this week I decided, you know what, it's Thanksgiving. One of my favorite things that we've always done with our kids ever since they were very small was listen to a like 17 minute song called Alice's Restaurant. Um, it's old now. It's I believe this was recorded in like the 70s. Um, it's by Arlo Guthrie. Um, and it is about it's really, really interesting. It's actually a protest song. Um, it was about how angry Arlo Guthrie was at the draft. 
And um, as I said, it might have been recorded in the 60s. I think it was the 70s, though. And the, the cool thing about it is it's it's it is kind of about that. And it does come up. But the song is just a story about what happens to some people who um, who get arrested for littering, basically. <laughs> and um, so I linked I decided to link to the YouTube. Um, there's like a YouTube video where you can basically hear the song. Um, I, I, it's not live. Like you won't see things moving. It's something more to listen to than to watch. Uh, and I just, I hope you enjoy it. Um, it may be something that you want to listen through first without the kiddos. There is a part in the song where they're all yelling. There's a, they're, they're in a, they're in like a courthouse situation and they're all yelling, kill, kill. <laughs> like, and it's, it's completely silly. Um, but I totally understand if it's not your cup of tea, listen to it first, by your, you know, without your sensitive ears around, without little pictures around. Um, and uh, hopefully, though, you will, you'll get such a kick out of it that you'll, you know, want to bring it into your Thanksgiving week celebrations. Um, we've been doing, we've been, our kids have been listening to that song since they were probably three and seven, respectively. Um, and they are now in their, you know, their teen years. So uh, it's been a lot of years that we, we've had Alice's Restaurant as part of our Thanksgiving Day fun. So hopefully that um, is something that you can enjoy. And uh, I want to talk about this is the last week. In fact, it's not even a full week anymore that you can take advantage of something. You can get on the wait list for NPC Cyber Monday. So I run a private coaching community for parents. Um people in there get a ton of support and help. I'm in there every day. I absolutely love the forums. I love talking with parents. I love helping them. I can do so much more in there than I could ever do on the show. Um, And I think this is kind of cool because today's episode, you're going to hear from us in the community. Like you're going to hear what one of the things that we do that, that listener, that listeners, that, that uh, members absolutely love is a, uh, we do these every other week or twice a month. We do members only coaching, uh, members only uh, calls, live members only calls. And um, we, they are useful in the moment because we got people like in the chat, although I'm not sure if there was anyone in the chat for this one. We'll have to, we'll have to see. and but also people come back and watch them like again and again because we they're all recorded there are now i believe there are now 20 or 30 of these i don't want to take too too much time but i'm super curious well no that's going to mean logging forget it i won't do it right now but there's a lot of them put it that way um i've been doing these for well over a year i think probably a year and a half close to two years so there's like 30 35 40 of them something like that and I do them twice a month. So um, if you are a member, you can ask a question and I will answer it in the live call. Or if you've got something that can't wait for the next live call, you can post your questions, success stories, all kinds of stuff in the forums and um, and get help there. I often make personalized videos for people that are in the forums and I'll make worksheets and I've done challenges and all kinds of stuff that, that you can only have access to <clears throat> if you are in the Ninja Parenting community. And on Cyber Monday, this coming Monday, December the 2nd, I am opening up a membership for you for a third off the annual cost. So in other words, you can get an entire year of being in the Ninja Parenting community for for, uh, four months free of that. And I just, I I really want you to take advantage of that. the other cool thing is that if you get on the wait list for that, even if you decide not to join 
the ninja parenting community. Um, I've got these seven really great resources for you if you are um, if you join that waitlist. So that is weturnedoutokay.com slash Cyber Monday, or you can just click the link in the show notes. Um, and I just wanted to do a quick like, so if you listen to this episode today, um, which is, I think it's it's like half an hour or 45 minutes, something like that, um, of NPC live members only call time, and you uh, you get on the wait list at weturnedoutokay.com slash Cyber Monday, you will have an extra, I think that's going to be an extra three to four hours worth of um, stuff like how to how to handle your picky eater. So I've got a video called Five Ways to Handle Your Picky Eater. I've got one called Discipline and Consequences for Young Children. One of our members is trying to understand where is the intersection between like disciplining and consequences, like uh, for, for when you are trying to like shape your child's behavior, stop them from slamming doors, that sort of thing. Um, another video is called Which is Worse, Passive or Dictatorial Parenting? And I created that one because one of our members said, you know what I really want to know is what are some statistics on passive parenting? Like if you are letting your kids do anything without trying to rein in their behavior at all, is it as bad as if you are an abusive parent? And um, I, so I made this video in response to that. You'll get that. Um, one is called My Kid is Bolting. When do we end this outing? <laughs> Which I made specifically for a, for a parent who was having trouble with um, their child was running away at a, at, a, at a festival, sometimes in parking lots, stuff like that. So to know when to end an outing um, is, is the one I made for them. There is uh, one on disrespect. So we actually get into disrespect a little bit in this one. Um, this was a whole other video that I made on disrespect um, and the young children. So that's a good one. Um, there's there's one called A Roadmap to Responsibility Independence Week Wrap-Up because what I did was uh, over the summer, I offered a challenge to our Facebook group and I ended up doing like, I think this is like a 45-minute wrap-up to where, where I talk about every aspect of that challenge and um, it's about how to get your child more independent. So that was available out on the web and now it is only available in uh, the NPC forums. So the only place to get it now is an inter-parenting community. And also I taught a class, a free online parenting class that once again was free for those people to watch, but now you got to be in the ninja parenting community to get it. Um, it's called How to Help Kids Get Along with Other Kids. And this was a class I offered earlier in 2019 uh, to give you tons of ideas to help solve like sibling rivalry and other kiddo problems that have to do with like conflict resolution. So, I mean, just for that, it is worthwhile to get on this waiting list, even if you ultimately decide not to join NPC. I, I really hope you do. These are a drop in the bucket compared to like what is actually in there. Um, but I love that this today's episode is really directly related to um to the things on this waiting list and to NPC itself. So go to weturnedoutokay.com slash Cyber Monday to get those and to get an, a third off of an annual membership. And then you'll have a whole year's peace of mind, but uh, with four months for free, basically is how that's going to work. Thank you for all of your emails and shout outs in the online world. Um, it means so much to me every time you write to me or, um, you know, get in touch to, to say that you've shared about the show or with a question, something like that. Um, I really love to talk to you listeners. It means so much when you when you do that. So thank you. Um, thank you for subscribing. That way you don't ever miss an episode. And I did just do a bonus episode. It was on how to have a great Thanksgiving. 
And um, so if you look down in the feed, you'll see that I do periodically do bonus episodes. That was a super fun one because um, I was invited to be part, and I can finally talk about this. I was invited to be part of a thing called a podcast hop, which is where um, three of us podcasters basically featured each other's shows in this bonus episode. So if you are here from one of those shows, from either Graham and Kirsten's show or Desiree's show, welcome, welcome, welcome. And I'm really, really glad that you're here. Um, And I just want to say thank you for listening, you know, Um, as I would say to anyone who's listening, whether you're a new subscriber or or a new listener or whether you've been listening for years, I'm I'm just glad you're here with me today. Um, So anyway, if I when I do a bonus episode like that, if you subscribe, they will land right in your inbox. You will not have to, um, you know, you'll, you'll just be able to do that happy dance when something new and even occasionally unexpected lands in your inbox. Thank you also for your positive reviews. They mean so much to me. Um, I am super, super grateful to you for them. And I guess, you know, this is a good week to be grateful because it's Thanksgiving week. I am now going to uh, share about our sponsor. I am super excited about about Janine as well. Today's show is brought to you by the amazing Janine Halloran, friend of the podcast, frequent guest on the show, and an expert in teaching kids coping skills. She's created something that I know that you will absolutely love, and I will share more about that in a moment. Janine's sponsorship pays for production, editing, and web hosting for We Turned Out Okay, which takes a huge load off my mind. That's one reason that I love when you when you support our uh, sponsors because that gives me some peace of mind in terms of like uh, just creating the show. You know, I can keep bringing it to you (laughs) because of that. But uh, before we get to that, my time in creating the show is supported by the members of our Ninja Parenting community. And I, I feel like I don't want to, I usually have sort of a uh, talk that I share with you about them in this space, but we've we've already spent a lot of time talking about the Ninja Parenting community. This today's episode comes from the Ninja Parenting community, so I'm going to kind of let it speak for itself and just let you know that you can go to weturnedoutok.com/slash/join-npc to get to sign up at the monthly subscriber rate, or you can go to weturnedoutok.com/slash/cybermonday to get on the waiting list, and then you'll get the whole year for free. So, uh, not sorry, you'll get four months free of the coming year, but you'll have that peace of mind all year, which I just, you know, it's awesome in there, and I think you should come and join. All right, and now a word from Janine herself. here with Janine Halloran, our amazing and wonderful sponsor who has created these beautiful and extremely useful products, coping cue card decks for kids. And um, my question is, are there right now there are five decks and I'm wondering, are there future decks in the works? There aren't future decks in the works, but there are future activity books, which I'm actually working on right now with my graphic designer. Oh, cool. So especially for the younger set of kids who maybe they want to explore a little bit, you want to explore with your child a little bit, but you're maybe not ready to go into the whole deck. We're making an an entire line of activity books and ways that kids can start to talk about feelings, emotions, different strategies they can use. And, you know, just to try and get them to ha- start the conversation. That's all it really, for me, that's really what I want. I want people to start having a conversation around feelings. Mm, that's cool. Because they're they're behind everything. Yes. They're really behind every single thing that we do as humans. <laughs> Even if we don't see that. So yes. that's what I love that you bring, you know, you bring those out. So you are holding one of the cards from one of the decks. And which deck is it? This is from the relaxation deck. And this is 
a card with a breathing activity on it. And it is breathe in blue skies, breathe out gray skies. And I love this because I think deep breathing is such an important skill for kids. And a lot of times they think it's hokey, but it really does help your body get out of fight, flight, or freeze and back into resting and digesting. And so it's one of the first things I tell kids to do when they're having a hard time. But then they're like, well, I don't know how to take a deep breath. And so using different strategies like breathe in blue skies, breathe out gray skies gives them a little bit more structure around how to take a deep breath. Cool. Well, thank you. That, that, that That's another card that I think I need to put on my fridge. <laughs> thank you so much for your sponsorship. And thank you also for creating these beautiful cards. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. of Janine's coping cue card decks includes at least 40 cards. Most have 44 to help your child deal with sensory overload, getting distracted, learning to relax, and more. The coping cue card decks offer tons of strategies and come in handy at home, at school, or wherever you go. They are a huge help while traveling, sitting in a restaurant, at social events, and more. And you know, this is a time of year when we've got lots and lots and lots of social events. So if you need help with any of those, if you want to have a physical coping card, that coping cue card that your child can put in their pocket so that if they're having those big feelings or worries or anxieties, they have the comfort of knowing, oh, here is something I can do with this feeling <laughs> um, right in their pocket or on the fridge or in your purse or someplace where, or backpack, you know, someplace where um, you can access it quickly and easily to help them overcome the big feelings. Uh when you do that, you are not only supporting our show, which is, as I said before, such a huge support. You're giving your child critical tools for coping with challenging stuff. You're giving them tools that they'll be able to use all of their lives. So go to copingskillsforkids.com slash okay, that's O-K-A-Y. And then when you're there, use 15%, use 15%, get 15% off your order by using coupon code O-K-A-Y, that is all caps. Um, and I just know that, that you're going to love these. I think they're just such a great resource for you. And, um, so go do it. All right. Now on with the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to this parents, Ninja Parenting Community members only call live members only call. I am so excited to have you here with me. Um, this is the call for October the 9th, and we've got a bunch of questions and a bunch of really cool things to dig into today. Um, you can see I've also got my microphone here because I am recording. Um, at some future point, I might want to put this on the podcast just to show listeners what it's like inside the community. So, um, so that's why you see that. And uh, it's still me, though, here behind the mic. Hello, hello. Um, we have got some really, really great call, uh, questions for this call and quite a few of them have come sort of before the call itself. Um, so I think that we will probably not have, for example, one mom who is usually in our chat. I know that she is not able to be today, but boy, what a doozy of a question. So thank you, Jen, for that. I can't wait to bring it. And, um, we have a new member who has asked a couple of questions and, and I can't wait to get to those. Her name is, her name in the forums is Lizwell, which I hope I'm pronouncing right. I just think that is like the coolest name. Um, we've got some, we've actually got a couple of new members who have given us, who have chosen like some really 
just neat names. Um, so there's another there's another new member whose name in the forums is Angelesta. And I just love it like so much. The creativity um, and just the fun and joy of having all these wonderful names. Um, if, if you are using your own regular first name in the forums, that is amazing too. And I love, love, love to hear from you. Um, if you are a new member, we have had quite an influx lately. And if you are a new member, you might notice that... Uh, when when you see the forum posts, what you see are like these tiny little images next to the posts, and that is an image of the poster. And um, if you want, in fact, I would encourage you to choose a profile picture for yourself to upload. Um, they are they're reasonably easy to upload. Um, if you are sort of a non-techie like me, um, I would love it if you would email me and I will help you, uh, get that picture up. Sometimes pictures are too big to go into the community that, you know, there can be these issues, but it can be a picture of you. It can be a picture of your kids. It can be a picture of, um, one of our members has a, basically a beautiful family sort of list. And, um, that is there. That's her, uh, her picture and uh, the profile pictures just make it feel a little bit more like home in the community. Most people have them. So um, if you are, if you are new and you want to do that, um, I was trying to figure out how to screen share. YouTube has gone and messed with me. And so um, I have not been able to yet figure out how to screen share while doing a YouTube live, but hopefully I will figure that out soon. And if not, what I will do is I'll make another video. In fact, I know there already is a video in the community about how to post a profile picture. So um, what I will do is I will write that down. I'm just grabbing some paper and I will link to that in the notes just below this call. So, um, all right. So how to post a profile picture. I've said this before, if I write stuff down, there's a much better chance that it's going to get into the notes. So <laughs> um, if you are here live, please uh, post in the chat and just let me know. Oh, the other thing that I think I need to do that I'd better do is just make sure that I can be like heard and seen and stuff like that. Yep. I can. Excellent. So, okay, we got that going for us. So if you're here live, post in the um, the chat and, and just ask your question. Um, you do not, there is no requirement to be here live. These videos live on in the community. So as long as you're in there, you can have access to them all. And I think there's like 40 something of them now. So um, we, you know, in these, we answer questions live and, um, and talk about good and important stuff that you want to uh, that you want to hear about as a parent and always supportive and always wonderful sometimes we'll share a success story for example but um, mostly what we do is we take questions and we answer them I, and by we of course I mean me <laughs> but I also there are like one of the great things about the community is other people will post in and say hello and um, you know so and and People are very supportive of each other. So uh, so I love to encourage that as well. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I think I'm going to get started with the, uh, with the questions. I think I'm just going to do one more thing first, and that is triple check in a place or two to make sure that no one is emailing me, for example, or saying like, oh my God, I can't get in, or, you know, if, if they want to get in or whatever. So um, I'm just going to hit refresh over here. And we will see how that goes. 
Mama Llama is in. She says, I'm on. I won't have access to the chat unless I close the video, though. So I was thinking about that. You, Mama Llama, you write somewhere. You write, I will call in, but since I can't seem to make the chat work at the same time as the video, I'll just say hi in the chat and then pop up the video to listen. Looking forward to it. So I'm glad that you're here. I really am. Um, I, I was trying to find a way that you could both be in the chat and be... Um, be able to see me, be able to see the video. And the way that I have done it is by, um, is by having one device with the video and another device with the, uh, with the chat. So for example, I have an old iPhone that is, um, I basically use it as an iPod now, an iPod touch. And so I will have, um, the, you know, maybe I'll have the video up on my phone, which is a little bigger, a little easier to see. And then I will have the chat up on some other device. I don't know if that's possible for you. Um, I, uh, I love that you're here though. Um, maybe you could, if you, if you had a follow-up question, I'm going to tell, I'm going to talk with, about your question about night terrors really soon. So if you had something else that you needed to say, um, or, you know, more information about that or another question or whatever, um, at the very least post it in the replies and I will, we will sort that out. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to go on with the questions. And so the first one comes from Liz Well. I just love that name so much. I hope I'm pronouncing it Liz Well the way that you kind of wanted me to, because to me, what it says is Liz is well. <laughs> so anyway, um, Liz Well says, good morning from sunny California. First of all, let me start by saying thank you. The things you do are extremely appreciated and have helped so many of us with our daily struggles. Well, thank you very much, Liswell, for like mentioning that. Um, it really means a lot. <laughs> thank you. My struggle at the moment is knowing how to help my little ones express themselves. I have a four-year-old boy and a three-year-old daughter. Both have extremely different personalities. I thought it would be a good idea to have both try something new, so I put them in soccer. My son tends to be very shy and gets very anxious and nervous trying anything new. I knew it was going to be a challenge, and boy, has it been. He seems to do great at practice, but when it comes to the actual game day, he wants nothing to do with it. He said he enjoys the practice but not does not like the game days because there's too many people around. My question is, should I continue to encourage him to try it, to continue to try it, or should I pull him out of the sport altogether? Um, and then you ask another question about your daughter. So let's talk about this situation first. Um, I, they are, he's four and th so four and three, um, is a great time to be introduced to the fun, um, aspects of soccer and teamwork and, and all those kinds of things. Um, and I, I'm glad that you're doing it, that you've, that you've tried it. It's of course, totally up to you whether you decide to keep going with it or not with either child. Um, and when I think back to like my memories of when our kids were doing that, so, uh, they were both very excited to play soccer when they were young. Uh, they, one probably started the younger one who's my, my son, Jay, who's now 15. Uh, he probably started when he was three because he was so excited. He'd been watching his big brother play soccer and all he wanted to do was play soccer. And, um, and he, you know, got into it and loved it and was, was more or less head in the game most of the time. Uh, my older son, didn't stay in it for too, too long because he enjoyed it. He enjoyed, uh, the camaraderie and the playfulness and, 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 you know, the good being with friends and stuff like that. But he would often sort of drift around on the field, particularly during games, like during game day was a very different experience for him than practice because practice is a little more, um, focused, you know, you're not just sort of released onto the field to, to, 
do your thing and and everybody on the sidelines who can't come out on the field hopes that you'll do it okay so he would like play pokemon and stuff like he just wouldn't he wouldn't be in the game quote unquote and um he he didn't mind the people so uh we he and he loved the play so we decided with his input that um if he wanted to keep doing it he certainly could it didn't matter you know whether he contributed a lot or not during a game um i think we felt like what we what kept we would sort of feel we would start a game where we'd be thinking like oh god what's he going to do this time you know what i mean like maybe he'll wander off the field or whatever and what we started to notice is that like all the kids would do that. There would be kids who would wander over to their parents in the middle of a game and ask for water or a snack. You know, there were kids who were chasing each other and playing around or like, you know, you'd see the goalie like lie down in the net or whatever. So so at four, um, no, you know, not a lot of kids are like really that big into it. And if they are, that is absolutely wonderful. So if, so if that's what's happening, if you're watching this um, or listening to it, that's awesome. But um, but I think just understanding that like every four-year-old is going to come at this from their own place and that like to be in an orchestrated group like on a soccer team, that is very new to them. So they're not uh, – and, and it's sort of a little bit developmentally beyond what they're capable of. Most kids – I wouldn't say all kids, but most kids at four um, are not great team players, shall we say. Um, in the sense of like, they don't have a lot of soccer knowledge for you specifically, Liz, well, and for your four-year-old son, I wonder if it would be possible if the coaches would be amenable to him continuing to practice, but maybe being either not attending the games or not, you know, not sitting with the team or not being expected to play if he wants to sit with the team. Um, if he's enjoying the practices, I, I see no reason to pull him out of the practices, um, and I would hope, I can't say this for sure. I, I know we have worked with some outstanding coaches who all along, uh, my younger son played soccer until like he was 14. So, um, so all along there were coaches who were either, uh, not amenable to ideas from parents, um, about their own children or who totally were. And, uh, fortunately his last like three or four years playing soccer, he was with a group of he was with a group of kids and also uh, coaches who were really monitoring for like, how is he enjoying this? How is he feeling about this? And, and they were like that with all the kids. And they would monitor like, you know, does he get tired quicker than other kids? So like, should we rotate him out more often or whatever? And um, they let him really build up for himself his own skills, his own identity as a soccer player. Um, they really supported him. It was awesome. We had such a good experience with them. So hopefully, fingers crossed, hopefully you've got a coach like that where you can say to them, listen, you know, he's really, he wants to play, but he, he, he feels like game day doesn't work for him. There's too many people around. He gets really shy and upset. Is it possible that he could just practice with the team and not play on game days with them? Um, and then maybe figure out with your son, like, does he want to sit with the team? Does he want to sit with you? Does he not want to go at all? I feel like at four years old, any of those um, should be fine with a coach. And if that's not the case, then um, then I would say withdraw him and uh, find something else that he loves to do. Because it doesn't have to be soccer, right? I mean, if he if what he loves is sort of the practicing aspect of it, is there something else he can do that um, where he's with other kids and he's enjoying himself playing? And 
Um, and he's making friends or he's, you know, at least playing alongside kids because at four, um, kids often don't even have the skills to play with other kids. We call that at that age, we call parallel play. Usually five, six years old, they're getting more into what's called cooperative play. So at four, it's it's even they're not even developmentally sort of ready to be like always invested in team play. Um, and that's even open-ended play. So like when we think about now we're adding a layer of coaching on top of that and you got to be here. Oh, and now you've got to be over there and you've got to pass to this person and you've got to do this exercise. Um, a lot of times what four-year-olds need is just open play. Um, so maybe if the soccer, if you decide that the coach isn't amenable to this or it feels weird for you, um, then, then pull them out and, and see if there's something else that, um, that might feel better. I know at our YMCA, so if you're in sunny California, I'm sure that there are YMCAs somewhere near you. Um, at our YMCA, we never did this, but, uh, I always loved the idea that they had a class for young children. So say, I feel like this was preschool age, so maybe three, four, five, um, in fact, I think it even went a little bit older. It went to maybe six or seven, but they had sort of different, they would put kids, you know, younger kids together and older kids together um, in a class called superheroes. And and they would run around being superheroes together. It was awesome. I mean, just watching those kids, they loved it. It was, it was a little bit of team. It was a little bit of exercise. It was a little bit of like imagination and fun. And, and, um, so maybe there's something like that, that, that your son could enjoy. Um, above all, I would recommend supporting him. So if, 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 if nothing else, you know, if you decide to keep going with the soccer and suddenly even the practices aren't working or whatever, just think to yourself, Hmm, is this supporting him? Is this working for my four-year-old? And if you feel like it is, and there's something else going on, um, then definitely get back in here and ask about it. But if you'd feel like uh, it's the soccer, then 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 pull them out. Um, and and yeah, so that's I think that's where I'm going to go with that. So I hope that helps uh, Liz well. And then when we talk about your daughter, uh, you write with my daughter. She's the smallest one on the team. She goes with the flow. The only problem is that she loses interest very quickly. And since she knows everyone else is faster than her, she'll give up trying. Um, has she said to you, I know everyone else is faster than me. And if so, I have a kid who's also done that. So, um, not with soccer so much, but with, with other sports where he'll, he'll be like, he used to be like, well, I'm just not as good as everybody else. So I'm, I'm giving up. And if, if that's enough for her to want to not play soccer, then she doesn't have to play soccer. Again, three is even, it's even younger, obviously than four. And what that can mean is that it's, to um it's it needs a three-year-old needs even more open-ended even less structure um it is not surprising to me at all that she might lose interest because um or that she would lose interest because three-year-old's interest just doesn't hold for very long i have no idea how long the games are or what they're sort of expecting of the kids but um but my recommendation is for her is if it doesn't feel like a fit because she loses interest or uh she doesn't she doesn't want to, um, she does, she gives up because she just doesn't want to keep trying because she, she concludes everybody's better at this than her, um, then maybe find something that feels a little bit more her speed, you know? Um, and, and maybe that is getting together at the park with a friend. Like maybe that's how she gets her exercise. It's an open-ended. I do tend to think that um, some ages are just too young for organized sports and three 
um, is, is kind of pushing that envelope. We did it with one of our kids and he loved it. Um, but only for, I would say when he was younger, only for a couple of years and then he came back to it later. So, um, but that was because he had seen his big brother play soccer. And so he really wanted to do that too. Um, and, and it, it is more than fine for, you know, for her to not play. Um, and if you're looking for a kind of enrichment, I would recommend, uh, that you make it, whatever enrichment it is, be, um, as open-ended, as screen-free, as unorganized as possible. Um, and that, anyway, so yeah, so that's what I think for her. And then you also talk about with, with regards to your daughter, what you say is my struggle is with her, it, with her is the constant, and this is in all caps, tantrums. She wants it her way or she will let the entire world know she is upset. I have tried my absolute best to keep my cool and not feed into her tantrums, but they happen so often. I just don't know how to talk to her in a way she can understand. And then again, all caps, help. <laughs> so first of all, hugs, Lizwell. Um, three is prime time for uh, for tantrums. I feel like people talk about the terrible twos and maybe that's when it starts, but uh both of my own children and like a lot of kids that I worked with, I wouldn't say the vast majority, but certainly the majority of the kids that I, I worked with um, over nine years in a, in a preschool program. Uh, three was much worse than two in terms of tantrums. So she's right in there. <laughs> and for a lot of kids, um, and I don't want this to dishearten you, but for a lot of kids that lasts several years. Um, my, one of my kids, I, I don't have permission to tell this story, so I, w I won't, you know, name them, but one of my kids was like six before the tantrum started to ease off. And he would have a lot of tantrums in a day. I would say probably, I would say probably three and four were the worst years where there would be like maybe 12 or 15 tantrums a day. But then, uh, this child eased off maybe between five and six, we would get like six a day. And then they just, they just gradually stopped as, so the thing about tantrums, the way I want to uh, help you frame this is that tantrums are a developmental uh, requirement of humans. So um, our kids are not doing this to like bug us. They're not doing it to, um, you know, to somehow push our buttons or, or get back at us for, you know, some cosmic wrong that we have committed. Uh, they do this because, it's how they work out tough stuff. It's it's how they resolve, get past, for example, um, not having the words to express their feelings, um, not being able to say that they're hungry or thirsty um, because they just don't have those words. And, uh, you know, or even, even like sometimes kids want things that it can't physically happen like they would want I think I just said this somewhere else in, in these forums as well a kid would want and I have seen this with my own I probably felt like this when I was a kid um I saw it a lot of times with kids in school and you hear about it a lot some kids want to have their shoes on and off simultaneously and they can't we just can't we don't live in a world where that's possible and um so I think you're really on the right track when you talk about uh when you talk about trying to keep your cool, um, taking, you know, just, just being able to take a deep breath and exhale completely before you respond, sometimes stepping into an, if you can step into another room, um, sometimes I recommend, and I did this myself, just screaming into a pillow because you've got to let it out 
but you don't want it to you don't want to let it out in front of your child because um we it, for them we must remain calm and um and so i say that right um i say that we must remain calm if we lose it sometimes um i i think that that is more than fine i i got angry um i said things i regretted um if you are struggling with for example if you lose your patience if anyone watching or listening loses your patience and like if you smack your child or something like that um i think i from what i have seen and learned um and this is through years of earning a master's degree in early childhood education and teaching and stuff um corporal punishment is terrible and and inflicts lasting harm and um so i would encourage you to learn other ways to cope um when your child is pushing your buttons and having a tantrum and, and stuff like that. So, um, and I, I teach those other ways. So in our forums, in the Ninja Parenting Community forums, there is a, there are um, free e-copies, PDF copies for you to download, for members to download and read, print out, you know, uh, do whatever you need to with them. Um <clears throat> And there's one called Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics, which is the first book that I wrote. And in Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics, there is a whole chapter about a um, a method of handling every temper tantrum that I talked about. And uh, that method is called the HEART method, H-E-A-R-T. And so I'm just going to try and do, if I can remember, I'm going to do a quick uh, recap here. And I want you to go and read that book, which I will post to in here. I'm just going to write positive discipline ninja tactics so that I make sure to like put that in in the uh, notes for this call. Um, so the first part of heart, which is my way of handling every temper tantrum, is uh, you you create a haven. And, and what I what I mean by this is um, you tried to give the child a safe space to melt down somewhere where they won't oh, um, run into sharp corners of coffee tables or, um, you know, where there's no glass or porcelain or something like that where they could uh, get hurt or damage things. So um, oftentimes a room is, you know, their own bedroom is a good spot. If you, um, I know in our preschool program, we always had a beanbag and sort of a quiet area where kids could just go and and do their thing and some kids would sit there happily and read and some kids needed that space to melt down and so um so creating a haven and I even talk about um if you're out in public um can the haven be your car can it be um the back corner of a locker room can it be outside at the restaurant can it be someplace where they feel safe and you're with them um some kids want to be held and that's okay. Uh, it's whatever works for you. Some kids want to just be able to flail. And um, and so to try and find a, a safe space where they can do that, they can make all the noise they need to make. They can get this developmentally necessary thing out of their system for the moment. Um, so H is for haven. Create a haven for them to be able to, um, to, to have their tantrum. Uh, e is for empathy. So I try to remind parents to think about what's happening from your child's perspective at this point, because um, what they need from you is understanding. So um, we can often, like if we try to jolly them out of a tantrum or bribe them or um, or shame them out of it, if we say, you know, come on, I'll, I, you don't have to cry about this. This is not a big deal. Or if we say, my, fa- 
my father used to say, if you, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. And he, I don't remember him following through on that threat, but like, it was not understanding that I was getting from him when I was young. Um, I, and I, I say this, right. I'm talking about my dad in this kind of way. Um, he, he like is the best father. Like I can't imagine a better dad. And, um, I think that was something that he maybe had learned. So that's what you say to a kid who's uh, having a tantrum in order to get them to like stop having a tantrum. But like, I think by the time I was five, I never heard that again. So, um, you know, I don't want you to think that my dad is is somebody that he isn't. He's uh, he's always been just the coolest. You know, I've been able to talk to him, and he he does in in many situations. Um, give understanding. And you know, what's really cool is now that, uh, like now that he's a grandparent, um, I get to watch him with my kids. And, um, I mean, he's, he's, if he was a great dad, I think he, you know, he's arguably an even better grandparent because he, he just, he treats the kids with such respect and, and empathy is a big part of that. So anyway, little aside about my father. Um, actually in the book, I tell a story about one time when I was seven and I had a massive tantrum and because I wanted to go running with him. And he basically did exactly this heart method for that. So um, so empathy is the second one. Put yourself in your child's position and and try to understand where they're coming from and say, I understand. I'm sorry it has to be this way. So um, A is for abide. And when we think about abiding, what we're doing is we are living through the tantrum. Like, so we found them a safe haven. We have said, I'm so sorry that this is happening. I understand. You know, I'm here if you need me. Um, We can either close the door and let them do their thing themselves. If that feels comfortable, we can, you know, a lot of times if we're in the same room with them, like they're looking at us in their tantrum to see, are we still paying attention or whatever? So the most, the more that you can do to sort of make your child feel like this is something I have to do on my own. Um, and my mom or dad will be there for me when I'm, you know, when I, when I'm ready, um, is, is good. So abide is just living through the tantrum. Um, R I think of as, I can't remember exactly how I said this in the, in the book, but R is like re-entering the sort of world. So uh, I think for a lot of parents, for me, certainly it was really tempting to, um, when my child would come out of their room after a tantrum, it was very tempting for me to be like, Oh, you know, back from the land of the lost or whatever, like welcome back to the land of the living. And, um, I never said those things because, uh, kids don't understand sarcasm. And I, I didn't want to disparage them as they were, as they were sort of returning to the world. So it has to do with like, reintegrating. I actually think the, the, the word I used was reintegration. And what you want to do is help your child kind of reintegrate if you can in a, in a way that like makes them feel safe and like, it's okay for them to have done this, had this tantrum, and now they can come back into the world and pick up where they left off. Maybe you could read a book together. Maybe you could play with Play-Doh or something open-ended together. Um, I, I totally get it if you're out in the world and that's where you're dealing with this tantrum. Um, th- there's not always a lot of time for, for reintegration. Um, but as much as you can, at the very least, try to exhibit respect for your child to be able to say, like, I get this. I'm sorry. It's happening. Um, and I'm really glad you're back. What, if, do you want to hold my hand as we continue to walk through the YMCA? <laughs> Which is what I used to, you know, what used to happen with my child. Um, 
he would have a huge temper tantrum every time we left the YMCA. And so it, it started where I would have him like a gym bag over one shoulder and kid under the other arm. And uh, eventually we got past that. And, um, and now he's 15. So that was a long time ago. Um, but, and then the last word, the last letter is T, which is for trust. Um, and what, what we're doing here is we're trying to help our kids gain a sense of trust that we are going to help them through the next tantrum safely and, um, and to help them feel safe and loved, you know, to have that real sense of trust that like what they're doing is what they're supposed to be doing. It's how it works. Um, you are not alone in your frustration, Lizwell, and uh, anybody watching or listening. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would, I hope, I, I know it helped me to feel like they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and now it's done and we can continue with our lives. Um, everybody who has kids has tantrums and, uh, you know, my, my heart is with you as you go through this. So I, I really hope that helps Lizwell. Um, jump into the forums and, and let me know if you've got extra questions or actually, let me just check the chat. Maybe you're in the chat. Um, I'm going to hit refresh. I don't know. Sometimes the chat does funny things. So I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to put a smiley face into the chat and see what happens. Cause sometimes, okay. All right. We are good. So, uh, mama llama wrote, I will call in, but since I can't seem to make the chat work, uh, you know, so mama llama, hello, if you're watching on video, um, Mama Lama also wrote to Lizwell. She wrote, so glad you are here too. My little guy will be four in a couple weeks. And I'm, I've been posting a lot here about tantrums and Karen has been awesome helping us work through it. Oh, thank you, Mama Lama. That means a lot. Um, it has been a pleasure to help you uh, work through this because what's really cool is when you, Mama Lama or any member, um, get in and say like, this is what's working. Um, this is my frustration. Can I get some help? Um, we, you know, we talk a little bit and then, and then it's this wonderful sense of like, uh, I'm, you'll come back in and you'll say, oh my God, we had like the best night ever. You know, I had this wonderful snuggly time or, or, uh, my child asked the coolest questions. Um, there's just so much good that, you know, the, the forums are a really fun and positive place. And Mama Lama, you are a big part of that. Um, as are all of our members, particularly the ones who post in a lot and get in here a lot. So I wanted to talk a little bit about night terrors because Mama Llama's son, who we call Little Llama in the forums, uh, has been having, I'm not sure now if it's one or if it's a series of night terrors. I know he's been waking up uh, every once in a while, like a time or two a week. Um, and so we've definitely talked about that, but I wanted to address the night terror specifically because this is something I have experience with. Um, I don't know if the thinking has changed. So, uh, say 13, 14 years ago, what we were taught to do by the pediatrician, um, worked. And so that's what I'm going to share today. I've been thinking about this and I, I thought, do I want to go out and research new methods? And I decided instead I would, um, I would share my experience and Mama Lama, if that's not enough for you or if you find you want more, I'm happy to go out and research um, and come back into the forums. Just let me know and I will do that. Okay, so um, our son, and we do have permission to tell this story. So his name is Max. He's now 19. He's a college student. I can't believe it. <laughs> and he, when he was, um, when he started kindergarten, he realize or we realize that that kindergarten 
and and school didn't really work for him. Although I, I say I say it that way, right? Basically, what happened was um, kindergarten and first grade and second grade uh, was not set up for a kid like him. And so while at the beginning, I think we started out being like, what's wrong with my child? We ended up concluding that the problem wasn't with the child. It was with school. I actually now have a, um, there's one episode out of a four-part series called How to Stop School from Screwing Up Your Child um, in the podcast itself. So uh, so actually, I think I will, I'm not sure. I think I'm going to link to this. We will see. Um, I'm going to write How to Stop School part one, it's a four part series. So, um, it's going to be kind of releasing over the next weeks. And, um, we found that out at least in part. So he, he got migraine headaches. He was diagnosed with migraine headaches at six years old. Um, he started losing weight. He like lost 20% of his body weight in first grade because he, he stopped being hungry and he stopped enjoying food. Um, he lost, like his personality, he stopped smiling and laughing and, and being curious and asking questions and being interested in things. I mean, school really did a number on him. And, um, what one thing, a huge part of that was he had night terrors. He would have them every night of the school year, starting from probably first grade. I'm not, I don't remember now. Kindergarten was still half day kindergarten. So maybe I can't remember if he had them in kindergarten, but he certainly had them every single night of first grade. And, um, and they started up again in second grade. And what would happen was he would scream bloody murder. My husband, Ben, and I would both be out of bed before we were fully awake. We would be at his bedside. He would have screamed and screamed and screamed and his room is right next door to our room. And by the time he, by the time we got there, he was already like settling down and fall and, and sort of falling back to sleep from our perspective. Um, according to the pediatrician, he was never actually awake. So a night terror is different than a nightmare. A nightmare is where you um, don't, you, you know, you, you wake up from a nightmare, like you remember it. And um, they can be very intense and I'm not trying to, you know, take away from nightmares because they stink as well. Um, but night terrors are like its own unique, special thing. And um, he had them, as I say, every night. Uh, so we would be, I mean, when I say every night, it was probably five or six nights out of seven. It maybe wasn't exactly every single night, but it was most nights. Um, and so we felt like we couldn't really do anything for him because by the time we would get to his bedside, he was already kind of done with the night terror. And, um, it, what was really frustrating and sad was we knew that they were interrupting his sleep. We knew he was incredibly unhappy and yet we couldn't do anything about it. Like there's no, you can't take something to stop. I mean, we're not going to give our kid like tranquilizers or something to make him sleep through night terrors or not have them. Um, what in his case, what worked for him was we, uh, we started homeschooling. And so in the middle of second grade, we pulled him out of school um, to start homeschooling. And he had, we pulled him out Thanksgiving week. And the last day that he had a night terror was the last night before a school day. And he's not had one since in whatever this is now, 14 or 15, 13 or 14 years. He's had nightmares, but he's never had another night terror. 
Um, so for the night terrors, what I would say is, first of all, Mama Llama, my question is, is it an actual night terror or is it a nightmare? Um, and second of all, uh, if you, if it turns out to be night terrors, what we were told, um, was you don't try to wake them up. You basically, you, you go, you're there, you try to make them feel safe. You know, you, you say things, soothing things. I'm here. It's okay. Mama's here, you know, um, that kind of thing. And, um, if they're awake and they'll talk to you, then you talk to them, but you don't try to wake them up because that can feel very, very disorienting. And you just kind of stay there and be soothing until they're settled down. And then, and then you basically head back to bed yourself. Cause this is always happening at two o'clock in the morning. You know, it's never, it's never at seven 15, just before the alarm goes off. Um, and even then it would be awful, but you know, I'm, I'm joking. Um, so, so basically if it's a night terror, um, try to stay with them, try to comfort them. Uh, don't try to wake them up fully and, um, and, uh, just try to, you know, be gentle with it, be gentle on yourself. Nobody's getting a full night's sleep if that's happening. So, uh, if you can either, if you feel like you need a nap, you know, grab one. If he feels like he needs a nap, grab one. Um, try to grab him one. Even if you like drive him around or something like that till he, our, our son, uh, our youngest used to fall asleep he after he dropped his nap he would only fall asleep in the car it was like ah <laughs> um so but but more than that even if you can't get each you, know, you a nap or him a nap try and remember that that happened if you're feeling like if your patience is short or something like that and and give yourself a break you know what i mean um try to have an early night that night um and and i think a lot of a lot of the mindset of night terrors is is um trying to be gentle with yourself and gentle with your child, uh, especially if they're happening, you know, frequently or more frequently than like once or whatever. Um, so hopefully that helps Mama Llama. All right. And, um, and thank you for, I know you've been popping in and out of the video, even if you haven't been able to be in the chat. Um, I'm just so glad that you're here and that you are, um, you're with us, you know? All right. And then, uh, a member who is usually, um, a member who is usually on these calls, but today had a conflicting work meeting is Jen, our wonderful, wonderful Jen. Um, she is, she writes, I have a conflicting work meeting, so I'll have to catch the replay. But in thinking about what I would ask if I could join, I decided to post elsewhere about my questions. So what I am going to do is pop over to that. Uh, and when Jen says she posts elsewhere, what she means is she posted an episode. There is a, uh, a, thread in our forums, a forum post that Jen created called episode 288, um, because that is the episode of We Turned Out Okay that Jen came on and was was on the show, which was just so cool and so much fun. And um, and Jen wrote at the beginning of that post, she wrote, my heart is bursting after listening to our conversation in today's episode. Mm, I'm so glad you're you're uh, an NPC member, Jen. It's so good. Um, so today, what Jen is writing about is... Uh, the disrespect that her daughter has been giving her. So uh, her daughter is five. I'm 99% sure. I think she's five. Youngest daughter. Um, and her question is, what do you think about consequences for disrespect? And I'm going to get back into the question. Um, but, but first I want to, um, Jen shared a story and why this is on her mind, basically. Um, uh, she had an experience where she had a friend over um, and the friend was disrespected by her five-year-old daughter, by Jen's five-year-old. 
And the friend was kind of like, what the crud? Like, why? Are well, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but like uh, she gave Jen a look as if waiting for Jen to pursue her child and say, like, hey, what are you doing? Um, and and Jen didn't do that. And so what she writes is um, it bothered me for a few days. It's not that I was embarrassed. I don't you know, I don't mind if someone disapproves of my parenting. My problem is that I disapprove of this, <laughs> this small slice of my parenting. And I hadn't noticed the size of the problem until I saw it through my guest's eyes, my friend's eyes. And um, Jen writes, I was inspired to come back in the forums for some reminders. I rediscovered the incident report log. So can I just say, I completely forgot about the incident report log. And I am going to um, make a note in here to just link to that post. I... Um, I had created an incident report log. So as part of observing our kids' behavior, um, it's a good idea to log our kids' behavior and keep track of it, you know, in terms of like what's happening when. So so Jen rediscovered that. That's awesome. Kudos to you. Um, she writes, I've gotten accustomed to ignoring this behavior and I shouldn't do that. My daughter is learning the wrong lesson that way. Also, I reread this thread about withholding the thing she wants until she speaks respectfully, and that is definitely helping. So good for you. Yes. Either she straightens up or she whines and complains. And now that behavior, the whining, I know to ignore with gusto. <laughs> we talk about that a lot. In fact, there's an episode with Dr. Catherine Perlman, who is like the queen of ignoring it. Her book is actually called Ignore It. And um, she is, uh, she's called The Family Coach. And she wrote this book because she found that like a lot of the advice that she was giving to the parents when she would go into their homes was ignore this behavior, ignore this behavior, ignore this behavior. So I'm going to link to her episode so you can listen to that. Okay. Um, I'm going to ignore that with gusto. It helped too to, to think about how you've been helping Mama Llama understand when to ignore and when to dish out consequences. As soon as we get to the spot where she's whining, I am no longer unsure definitely ignore. Woohoo! And when we get to that spot after a single calm correction, I know I'm doing it right. If the whining comes after we've gone back and forth and it's escalating and I'm feeling my emotions take control, then I've got to correct something. The challenge that's still unclear for me is the disrespect that is separated from a request. I've got nothing to withhold. She's simply not speaking to me with respect in routine conversation. I can't think of any concrete examples right now, but that's what the incident reports should help with. And I, I, I'm excited about that because I think they should help with this too, especially um, thinking about the thoughts that I'm, I'm about to add. Okay. Uh, so Jen writes, what do you think about consequences for disrespect? One of my friends tells her kid, that's strike one. If you speak to me that way again, it's strike two. You don't want to get to strike three. She didn't state a consequence. Maybe it's a well-understood one in their family, so I don't know what happens at strike three. But the threat worked, at least on the surface. Her kid fumed silently until she got over her anger. If I could redo that evening with my other friend, I would have liked to tell my daughter that the comment she just made was disrespectful. Then explain the principle that applies, like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Or, we look for peaceful ways to disagree with people. Or, in our family, we don't call names and warn her that the next time she speaks that way, the consequences will be X, will be, she writes whatever, you know, there'll be some consequence, right? She hasn't made a request. It was a remark. So it wasn't the right kind of situation for say that again nicely and I will answer you. That's what makes me think it was a consequences sort of situation. And 
I think the first thing I want to say is um, thank you for articulating this so well, because uh, it can be these sorts of situations are very slippery in the sense of it's hard to to tangibly understand them. And um, I think this is great how you have how you have framed this for us. Um, I think that finding a consequence um when 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 we think of a consequence like as you say there's no there's nothing that you can look on and say like uh you know if you do that again strike one or that sort of thing i think i mean that might be something to try if you can think of a consequence but the way that i i i sort of i i hesitate with formulas like that because um because eventually what will happen is, is your child will go, oh, well, now I'm just going to be snarky for strike two because, like, I know that there's nothing, there's no consequences for doing it once. And so I think maybe that's why I don't love the idea of strike one, strike two, strike three, and you're out. Um, it definitely works for some people. It's not the same as a timeout, which I, you know, we've talked about in other places. I, I really have a hard time with timeouts. I don't think that they traditionally, the way that they're traditionally taught works well for anybody. I think they can be a real exercise in frustration. So if you've got a question about that, anybody watching uh, or listening, please let me know. Um, post in the forums and and I will figure that out. Um, but when I think about this, I think it's a, it's a larger, there's a social consequence to dis, being disrespectful. And I think, um, Jen, what I would love to see is for you to start uh, if you haven't already started thinking of your five-year-old as like a person who is responsible for her own actions, um, I think now's the time. And I don't mean that you don't believe that she's responsible for her own actions. I know you do believe that. What I mean is uh, I want you to invest yourself with the idea, my child is responsible for her own actions and I uh, am going to uh, help her see me like know that and understand that which I feel like this is as I said it's a little nebulous it's a little hard to like you know hear and understand but um so when she does something like this uh I love the idea in fact I was I was envisioning you I don't want you to and you know this already I'm sure I would never, ever want you to call her back in in front of this other mom and, and read her the riot act and tell her that was so disrespectful. You apologize now, like um, or even or anything like even without the apology, um, I would never, ever want you to sort of humiliate your child in that way. Imagine if someone did that to you now as an adult, right? In, in Imagine like how red faced you would be and how embarrassed you would feel and how angry you would be at the person who put you in that position. When somebody puts me in a humiliating position now, I immediately know I cannot trust them. And, um, and that is, that's useful knowledge. If you're working with, you know, a car salesman or something like that, um, I, I would never, ever want a child to feel that they couldn't trust their, their, their parent. So um, instead, what I, what I envisioned you doing was going into the room where your daughter went and getting down on her level and saying, I'm really disappointed in you. Uh, we don't treat people that way in our family. And I expect you next time to make a different choice. Um, and I would say it as calmly as I could. And I would leave it at that. Right. And then I would continue to model that behavior like I would continue to model the behavior that I would want to see. 
Um, to the point where I might even, well, I was going to say I might even like, I, I don't think I would bring this up with the friend, but what I might do is try and start a sort of open dialogue about respect and disrespect and how much it hurts to feel disrespected. Um, not that I would be even looking necessarily at my child when I said all this, right? But they hear things and they they get vibes. And um, so if you can sort of make the vibe be, in our family, we respect each other and live it. I'm not that you're not living it. I know you, I know, totally know you are. But sometimes when something like this happens, to be sort of really bald faced in your in your this is what I expect of you. I'm disappointed that this happened, that you that you did this. And next time I'm going to expect that you treat my friend, our friend, with respect. Um and and see what that gets you. I feel like um this girl sometimes um sometimes that will backfire on the surface. And we've talked about this before. It's because she knows what's right and she doesn't want to do it. <laughs> and so um, so if you get more disrespect, um, I know that there's a, the, that expression, um, I believe it's turn the other cheek, right? So if you, if you get more disrespect from her, um, uh, at that point, you are free to give her a meaningful look and get up and leave the room. Um, or you can say like, you know, this was another really good example of the kind of behavior I do not want to see from you because that's disrespecting me and I don't like that. And then you can get up and walk away. Um, but as calm as you can remain, that's what I want you to do. Um, and saying it in a calm voice that indicates you care so much about this person and you are also disappointed in them. So try to, um, to, to think both those thoughts at the same time, if you can, so that it comes through in your voice and your manner. Um, uh, that's, that is what I have seen work time and time again. Um, and I, I really, really hope that that works for you. Um, get in here and let us know. Uh, and, and I, again, I just want to say thank you for, for posting this in the episode 288 forum post. Cause it's just, that's totally working for me. I love it. Um, all right. I think that is it for this call. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hit refresh one more time here and, um, Oh, actually, before I hit re refresh, I've got to go back because I moved in within the forums. <clears throat> so, all right, I think, I think we are good. We're going to wrap up this call. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. If you are listening later um, or if you are watching later, it's, it is such a pleasure to have you in the community. Um, I am really, really glad that you're here. Uh, we do one of these calls every other week or well, twice a month. So, um, you know, you can expect in a couple of weeks to get an email from me saying that it's scheduled. And then when it's, when it's happening, I will send another email or just in the hours before it happens. And then tomorrow in real time, uh, you'll get an email that says, Hey, this is the replay, you know, come, come into the forums and watch the replay. So, um, so that's what I got to say about that. I'm so glad that you are here and watching with me. Um, if you are not a member of the community and you would like to become one, um, it's an awesome place. It's very positive. We, we, we work out questions like this all the time. Um, go to weturnedoutokay.com slash join NPC or just click the link in the show notes. And uh, thanks again for watching and listening. And we will talk to you very soon. See you in the forums. Bye. Thank you for listening to We Turned Out Okay. 
I want a date to Australia. Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com, where you'll find show notes and more. What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. I want to pee in the woods. Derp, 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 derp,